Because church, there's no better place when you get to come together with other people in church, our friends, our family. It does something inside of us. And then we go out ready to face what God has for us during the week. And today, God has something amazing for us. How many of you believe it? How many of you receive it in this place? Today, God wants to to show us a little bit more, the next step on what we've been learning over the past few weeks. This month is the month of signs and wonders. And if you can remember that far back, a couple of weeks ago, we were here, we were learning, what we were learning about who can remember the promise that when we receive a promise from God, it starts to open the door for the miracle. And then last week, Jesslyn was speaking to us a bit more about that and about, I think she's speaking about like on where the promise comes from and how we can receive it in our lives. And this week, we come to like the most crucial part. So we're building up a story because there's something missing. In order to receive the miracle in your life, there's still something missing. Because the question is, how do we take the promise of God's word for us and then see it come true? It's one thing to have a promise. It's one thing for someone to promise you something, but then for them to actually do it is the next step. So how do we take God's promise and see it become a reality in our lives? How do we move from where we are now to where God wants us to be? Where he's promised that he will take us. And it comes down to this word. And this is the title of my message today. The condition. Say to the person next to you, the condition. Say it now like with a bit of conviction because you're like, the condition. The condition. What is the condition? What does it mean? What is a condition? Well, a condition is an if. Put very simply. Condition is an if. And it goes something like this. If you do this, if you fulfill this condition, then God will give you his blessing. Oh, but I thought I didn't have to, to, to do anything to get God's, God's blessing. I thought it was a a free gift of grace. It is a free gift of grace. But condition isn't a payment. It's a condition. And every promise in the Bible has a condition. Something we have to fulfill in order to receive the fruit of that promise. Now, if we look at it like this, the Old Testament Back when the, you know, the Jews were in the desert when God gave them the law, there was a condition on that. God said, I will bless you in the land that you go to be in, in the promised land, if, if you fulfill my commandments, my statutes and my laws. If you complete all the law, then I will bless you. The problem was, it was too hard, and no one could do it. None of us can fulfill that condition. It's too difficult. Maybe you've tried in your life and failed. And I tell you today, we've all 
failed God. We've all stepped outside of his abiding law, the law that he wrote in the first place. But the problem is so many Christians believe that that's still the condition to receive the promise in their lives. And so they come along and God gives them a promise. They're like, wow, that's great. And then they mess up. Now God's never going to give me what he promised. I sinned. I messed up. I'm never going to see it. I know you've thought that before. I know all of you because we've all been there. We've all been there when God has given us this amazing promise that the speakers will work perfectly. Maybe I sinned this morning. I don't know. God, if I, if I sin, please forgive me. No, I'm just kidding. But there's so many, so many of us that we take the promise and then we mess up and we, we throw the promise away. Because we think that God cannot fulfill his end of the bargain because we haven't fulfilled ours. But there's a messed up Think, there's messed up thinking. Maybe you can just unplug it. <clears throat> there's messed up thinking. Because we're thinking Old Testament. We're thinking sacrifices and sheep and lambs. And Now I don't have any lambs and sheep to sacrifice. So there's no way I'm going to fulfill the law. You cannot fill the law. You cannot buy with that condition the blessing of the promise that God has given you. You will never see the miracle if you depend if you solely or wholly depend (coughs) on the condition of your heart in terms of sin. You will never receive God's blessing if you think that you have to do all the law in order to receive it. It's impossible. So if the condition of the Old Testament doesn't work, How on the earth are we ever going to receive the promise? How are you going to receive the promise in your life? Well, the great thing is that God has given us a new condition. God saw that the condition of the old was too hard for us to fulfill. And that's why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to make a new condition. A condition that I assure you, every single one of you can fulfill today. Every one of us has it in us to fulfill this new condition. The condition to the promise. God has promised us blessing, eternal life, miracles, signs and wonders. And there is one condition that we have to fulfill in order to see that. You want to know what it is? No? See? Yes or no? Some of you do. Okay, I'm going to talk to the people who want to know. I'm just kidding. What is the condition... Thank you. For God to fulfill the promise in our life. It's really simple. We find it in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Which says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The certainty or conviction of things not seen. The only condition you have to fulfill this morning is faith. Belief in God. God says to you this morning, I have given you a promise. I have given you great promises of miracles, of healings, of signs, of wonders. All you have to do is believe. 
You don't have to fulfill the law anymore. Some of you need a brain transplant today. Some of you have heard this over and over again, but you still keep trying to get the promise through what you do. Through the things that you, you do is, oh, if I, if, I, if, I, if I do my cell group, if I'm a good leader, if I read my Bible every day, if I pray, all those things are really important. Please do them, but they are not the condition to receive the promise. Brain transplant. Change your thinking. Allow God today to take out that thinking. Stop thinking like that. Because if you keep thinking like that, you're no better than the Pharisees than the Jews in the Old Testament. Today, God has a new message for you. And it's this. All you have to do is believe, is have faith. Have faith in God. And I want to talk a bit today about how we can receive God's miracle power by coupling the promise with faith. And my first point is this, that promise plus faith equals the miracle. Promise plus faith equals God's miracle power working in our lives. Today, I want to look at a, a person in the Bible, a character in the Bible, who we don't normally talk about. And this is a woman of God who understood the power of promise and faith and was able to see the greatest miracle occur on this earth. Now, we don't normally talk about her because she's kind of been idolized in the wrong way by many other types of churches. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Mary, the mother of God. And you never hear someone preaching about Mary because I think we're too scared. Because the Catholics have kind of idolized her. Holy Mary, Mother of God, blah, 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 blah. I went to a Catholic church. School, sorry. <laughs> Not church. I went to a Catholic school, so I know all about that. <clears throat> and we don't talk about her because we're a bit worried that we're going to like idolize her some way. But I want to say to you today that Mary was a woman of faith. And she received a promise from God. She coupled it with faith and then saw the greatest miracle that ever occurred on earth, which was Jesus being birthed inside of her through the Holy Spirit. That has never happened before, and it will never happen again. It is the greatest miracle that God has ever done that Jesus, 100% God, came to earth, 100% man in order to bridge the gap between us. And Mary was the channel of faith to see that miracle happen. So how did it happen? Well, let's look at Luke chapter 1, where we find the story of Mary. Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1, we find right at the beginning of Luke's gospel, he, speak, he explains to us what happened before Jesus was born. And we read in verse 28, and it says this, And coming in, this is the angel, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement. I love that. 
She was very perplexed at this statement. I don't know about you, but if an angel appeared before you and said something and said, greetings, you are very favored, how would you react? Well, that's how I see the face of perplexed. That's strange. This has never happened to me before. What's going on? Now, personally, I really think she was like, ah! <laughs> what is this? A crazy man in my room who's shining like an angel. And he says, uh, the Lord is with you. And then a bit further on, he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. What an incredible promise. An angel comes to Mary and speaks the very word of God to her. An angel, by definition, is a messenger. That's what it means. In other words, an angel doesn't speak his own words. He speaks what God has given him to speak to us. And the angel comes and he tells Mary this incredible promise. You are going to conceive and have a son. This isn't just any old son. This is going to be the son of God. The savior of all mankind. Now I want to tell you what happened in that moment. Because this is step one for receiving faith in your life. When God gives you the promise, there are two options. You can either let it go in this ear and out this ear. Or you can let it go in this ear. Open your heart and receive it deep down inside. God's promise, his spoken word, isn't enough to see the miracle. First, you have to receive it in your heart. If God gives you a promise, you have to receive it. You have to open your heart and say, God, I take that and I place it right here. It's going to become a part of me, of who I am. I'm going to confess it every day. I'm going to carry it with me wherever I go on my heart. And I'm never going to let go of this promise. And that's what Mary did. Notice what her response was. In verse 38, she said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. In those words, she received the promise into her heart. And she said, God, I take that promise. And I say, may it be done to, to me according to your word. May it be done to me according to your word. Now, I don't know what the promises that God has given you. If you don't have any, there's many in the Bible that you can take hold of today. If you're sick, if you're struggling in your finances, if there are things going on in your family, if you're going through brokenness, if there's difficulty, the promise of God is blessing. The promise of God is prosperity. The promise of God is restoration in your family. The promise of God are infinite. All you have to do is hear and receive it into your heart like Mary did. I want to explain it like this. I have a little, little illustration. I would like to say this is Noah's, but really I bought it for me. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> this is Noah's train set right here. I don't know if you can see it very well, but I'll hold it up. Here we have a train. Here's the engine, the locomotive they call it. 
And here's the carriage. The promise is like the carriage. God places something in your carriage. He says, here's a promise. Here's something incredible for your life. And then he puts it on the track of your life. And it looks pretty. But it doesn't go anywhere. It sits there, waiting and waiting and waiting. Some of you have received promises in your life and God has placed them upon you in your life and it's still sat there on the train track, not going anywhere. And he's saying today, you've received it in your heart, but there's another step. Step number two, when you receive the promise in your heart, you have to couple it with faith. You have to receive the promise and connect it to your faith. The faith that says, I believe. I believe that God can do a miracle in my life. I believe that the word that God has given me will come true. Without that belief, the promise will never move. It will never become a reality in your life. The condition is faith. And then what happens is when you couple your faith with the promise, that faith becomes the engine to drive the promise. I'm going to put the mic up because it has a nice little noise too. I feel like Tom's the tank engine. That's a very British thing, I'm sorry. <clears throat> when you couple the promise with faith, your faith is what begins to move the promise. God doesn't move it for you without faith. He places it in your life but like Mary, you have to receive it in your heart and then say, yes, Lord, I believe. And then you have to switch on your faith and allow it to begin moving forward and gaining momentum. And here's step number three, and this is what happened in Mary's life because she received the promise into her heart. She said, I believe, and then what happened? Her faith released the miracle power of God. God's word has power in it. But without your faith, it can never become a reality. God has allowed this process to include us in it. It's that part of our free will that he has given us to say, I will not force anything on you. All I'm gonna do is give you a promise. You have to believe in it and make it happen. But what happens is when you couple that faith with that promise, it begins to release the power that is in the Word of God. Let's read verse 37. What is verse 37? This is possibly one of the most quoted verses out of this passage. And people quote it, but did you know it's not a very good translation? 
Let's read it. It says this, verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. How many of you have quoted that before? For nothing will be impossible with God. You're like, yes, I believe nothing is impossible. It doesn't actually say that. Shock, horror. Whoever translated this, translated it wrong. Because they thought it would be nice. I don't know why. But when you go back to the original Greek, what the angel actually said to Mary was this. Now pay attention. I'm about to change your thinking. It says this. No spoken word of God will be void of power. That's pretty different. No spoken word of God will be void of power. Did you know that the word of God has so much power that it even created the whole universe? That when you read God's word, you're not just reading a book, you're reading power right here. Now what happened with Mary? God sent his spoken word through the angel. She received it in her heart. She believed in it. And it activated the power that was in the word of God. God's word has power contained within it. If we put it like this, every word of God has power for its own fulfillment. So when God gives you a promise, there's power in that promise to fulfill it. It's just missing one thing, your faith, in order to activate that power, in order to couple it with the word and begin to drive it forward, to move it on. And today, God wants to say to you, you cannot receive the promise unless you have faith. But if you have faith, no word of God will be void of power. Every word that he has ever given you has power for its own fulfillment. Every word that he has ever spoken to you has power for its own fulfillment. You can see the fulfillment of the promises of God in your life if you just believe. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's simple. Just believe. But I want to just say really quick two more things about faith today. Once you've started that, I want to say this. This is my second point. The first point is faith plus the promise equals the miracle power of God. Point number two is this. Faith is never static. Watch what happens when your faith is driving along and you switch it off. You stop believing. Something comes along and, and it dents your faith. And you had that promise in the first place and then suddenly, <laughs> I'm not sure if I believe anymore. What happens? The train stops. What God is doing in your life stops right in that moment. Faith can never stay still. The Bible says in James 2 verse 26, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works 
is dead. Faith moves. Faith is active. Faith never stands still, but it acts upon the promise in order to bring it about. The moment you stop believing is the moment the, the promise stops. Now I know that there's some of you here who have received promises in your life. And at the first, when you received them, you believed. But maybe time has worn on and you've gone round and round and round the track a few times. And you still haven't got to where you're going and you've just said, God, you know what? I'm not sure I could do this. This is too hard. This believing thing without seeing anything is too hard. So I'm just going to stop. Some people, you've left your promises on the track. Dead in the water. They're not going anywhere. God wants to say today, don't stop believing. Because the moment you stop believing is the moment he stops fulfilling the promise. Keep believing until you see it fulfilled. Never stop believing. Faith isn't static. It's active. It moves. It keeps going. But then my, my third point is this. The faith has a terminal velocity. You're like, what? What's a, a terminal velocity? A terminal velocity. What is terminal velocity? When you turn something on like a car or a train, it starts off going nice and slowly. When you add some gas, it gets a little faster. Terminal velocity is the maximum speed that any object can reach when all the forces are applied. That's the physical definition. There you go, you're learning some science here. The best example is when you jump out of a plane. Terminal velocity is the greatest speed that you will reach when the wind comes up against you to slow you down and gravity pushes down on you to, to pull you down. And you'll get faster and faster and faster until you reach something called terminal velocity. I think it's about 69 miles an hour. There. Look that one up. I might be wrong. Um, Maybe it is more than that. I've forgotten. Anyway, it's a, it's a certain mileage per hour. And you get to this point where you can't go any faster. Faith is the same. It starts off slow, but you have to build momentum. It starts off small, but you have to reach a critical amount of faith. In order to move the promise of God, you have to increase your faith. How do you increase your faith? By stretching it. You know, sometimes we go through difficulties in our lives. And we turn to God and we cry out to God, God, save me. Send me a million dollars. I'm drowning. God, help me. Take this situation from me. But when God does that, what happens to your faith? It stays the same. The circumstances, the difficulties, the challenges in your life are there for a reason. To stretch your faith. To help it grow. 
so that you can stand against and say, even though it looks bad, I know that I have a God who is bigger, who is greater than any situation, than any circumstance. And I will not stop until I see the fulfillment of this promise, regardless of how it looks, regardless of what is going on around me. Faith bases what you believe on in God and not on what you see. God places difficulties in your life so that he can stretch your faith, so that you can grow. You will never see the fulfillment of the promise until you reach terminal velocity, until you reach that speed that God has set for you. And he keeps putting things in your way and you're like, God, take them away from me. And he's like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And you're like, but why God? Because you need to grow up. You need to grow up in your faith. You need to grow up as a Christian. And the only way to grow up as a Christian is to grow your faith. Because everything is based on faith. Without faith, is it impossible to please God? He wants to see your faith grow. Now, it doesn't matter what level your faith is at. God isn't bothered about what level your faith is at. Wait a second, I thought he was. No. He's only bothered about a faith that moves and that grows. You might feel like you're all the way down there. Your faith is tiny, you've got no faith for nothing, but that's okay. Apply that faith to what you can and God will let it grow. Some people are like, well, how am I ever gonna see the amazing things when I look at people like Pastor Caesar and his faith is just like so massive, I can't even like see it. God doesn't need you to have Pastor Caesar's faith. He just needs you to let it grow. Give him what you have. Attach what you have to the promise and let it build momentum. And when the difficulties come along, fix your eyes on Jesus. In Hebrews 12, it says the author and perfecter of our faith because he is the one who's gonna start writing our faith so that we can get faster and faster and faster. And the importance is to fix your eyes on Jesus because if you fix your eyes on the circumstance, something terrible is gonna happen and you're gonna be going along like this and suddenly the circumstance comes and everything's fine and you're pushing and you're pushing and then suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, there's a big chasm and what's gonna happen? Ah! called a, a train wreck for a reason. I know it's, I think it's gone on this stage. Oh, it's about to fall off. This is, a, this is someone with great faith. <laughs> Even in the dire situations, they're still pushing on. But that's the kind of faith we have to have, a faith that fixes our eyes on Jesus and never allows distraction to come in. It's easy to say it here on Sunday morning, but when it comes, you're like, Faith, and this is my last thing I want to say today. And this is a quote from Derek Prince. And if you're right, taking notes, I want you to write this down. I'm going to give credit to words to Derek Prince. Wrote this in one of his books. It says this. Faith is not an experiment. Faith is a commitment. Faith is not an experiment. It's not something you try. 
It's something you commit to. That's why it's the condition of the covenant that God has given us. Just like when you join in a covenant with someone to get married with them, you make a commitment. It's the same with God. Your faith is the commitment to the relationship with God to see the promise fulfilled. It's not an experiment. Don't go out of these rooms and say, okay, I'm going to give it a try, Pastor. No. Commit to it. Determine in your heart. I have the promise and I am going to see my faith grow. I'm going to apply what little I have and I'm going to see it grow. And when the situation comes, I'm going to put on my game face. And I'm going to punch a little harder. And I'm going to believe a little bit more until I can reach terminal velocity in my faith. Until I can get to the point where I need to go to see God fulfill the promise. How many of you want to see that today in your life? I want to invite you to stand, everyone in this place, because today is a day to make that commitment. To make that commitment to God. Because what God wants to do, the miracle in your life, and I know that everyone here has a promise that needs a miracle. Everyone here has a promise that needs a fulfillment. I know that you're all here today and you've come with things in your life that you need an answer to whether it's financial, whether it's in your family, whatever it might be, you know and you maybe have spoken in your quiet time with God, God, why? Why hasn't anything happened? Why am I still here? Why haven't you done what you promised to do? Well, I wanna say to you today is the opportunity to turn to God and stop saying why and start saying, okay, God, I believe. I believe. Here's this little bit of faith that I have. Take it. Take it. And use it. Couple it with the promise to see the miracle power of God. Now, I don't know if you've been in church a long time or if this is your first Sunday. But the good news is that faith is faith wherever you're from. It's the one language we can all speak. It's the one thing we can all do. is to believe. And there are some of you, even here in this room, you're not even sure if you believe that there is a God, let alone a God who wants to give you the promise. And I want to say to you today, just believe. Commit to believing in God, even if you can't see Him. And He will fulfill that deepest desire and longing in your heart. Today is a day to receive the promise, and to couple it with faith. I want to invite you to close your eyes, everyone in this place. And if that's you, if you feel like you've had a promise in your life, or that you've, you're lacking in faith today, or you've allowed your faith to stop dead on the track, today I want you to just lift your hands. With everyone's eyes closed, it doesn't matter. No one's going to see and think that you're a terrible unbeliever. Because <laughs> we're all there. Just raise your hands to heaven as a sign to God and say, God, here I am. And just say to him in your heart, God, I'm sorry for stopping in my belief. I'm sorry for allowing my faith to stop today, Lord. I'm sorry for forgetting the promise that you gave to me, for stopping believing in you, Lord Jesus, today, Lord. I lift my hands and I say, God, 
receive the word that you have for me. I receive the promise that you gave to me. I open my heart to receive it into my heart, into my life. I couple it today with my faith, what little it has, and simply say to God, God, I believe. I believe. I believe that you can do the impossible. I believe in your word that it isn't void of power. That every word that you have spoken to me has power. God, today, I lift my voice and I say, God, I believe. I simply believe, Lord Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in your power, your word, the power of your word in my life. And I say, God, forgive me for my unbelief. And just as the man who came to Jesus with his son, who was in a mess, who was demon-possessed, and God says, do you believe? And he said, yes, God, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Say to him now, God, I believe with the little belief that I have. Help me with the rest. Simply say to him today in your heart, God, help me with the faith that I need. Help me to begin moving in faith. Help me to begin acting in faith. Help me to begin fixing my eyes on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. And help me in what I lack, God, today. Simply apply the little faith you have and allow God to begin to grow your faith, to begin to increase it right now in this moment, just where you are, with your eyes closed, fix your eyes on Jesus. Just imagine that you're there standing in front of Him. And just say, Jesus, here I am. I believe in You. I believe in You. I believe in Your Word. I believe in Your promise. I'm going to go back to that promise, that thing that I left on the track, and I'm going to apply my faith to it today so that it can start moving again. And God, even if I don't see it straight away, today, Lord, I apply my faith in order to see it begin moving again. Just begin to visualize, to see that thing that you've been praying for, that promise in your life, moving once again, moving once again. There it is, that promise is on the train track and you're applying your faith and today it's going to start moving again. It may start slowly, but as you begin to move, it's going to get momentum. And over these next weeks, you're going to begin to see your faith grow and grow regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation. Today is a day to see the beginning of your faith. And I just want to, I want to, actually make an invite to everyone here who feels like they have a promise that they've yet to see fulfilled a miracle that they've been crying out for that they've yet to see fulfilled if that's you I want to invite you to just lift your hand raise your hand in this place and say God that's me I have a promise and it's yet to be fulfilled all to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, repeat it out loud, everyone in this place. Father God, thank you for your word, for your promise. Now 
I want you to say this next bit like you really mean it. God, I'm sorry for leaving the promise and neglecting my faith. Today, Lord, say it like you mean it. Today, Lord, I rise up and I believe once again in the promise you gave me. Today, Lord, I activate my faith, what little I have. I turn it on today, Lord. And I say, I believe, I believe. Come on, say it with me. I believe, I believe. Say it like you mean it. I believe, I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in your word. I believe in your promise. Come on, lift your voice. Say it with me. Say it like you mean it. I believe, I believe, I believe today. I believe in your promise. I believe in your word. I believe that nothing is impossible. I believe that your word has power to see it fulfilled today.